All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Strength Academy. Once again, Mundo here, and I'm joined by Grayson. How's it going, everybody? And so uh, we were just watching uh, one of the sessions from the Arnold series, which we thought was going to get canceled entirely because of the coronavirus thing that's been going on in our country lately and around the world, actually. But uh, yeah, like, what were your thoughts on like the competition? Well, I, I just uh, I, I had to think it was kind of funny that maybe three weeks ago, uh, my prediction was that this wasn't really that big of a deal and no one was going to have any sort of change to their daily life. Sure. But apparently people are just stockpiling toilet paper now. So, yeah. I mean, they shut down spectators at the Arnold. Um, I think they canceled Junior Worlds. Um, I'm really interested to see, you know, what sort of travel restrictions happen in regards to Pan Am's. Yeah. Uh, I was like, concerned about Masters, Masters Nationals, Nationals because, like, if you have a bunch of, like of the older population that's being affected by this virus and then you stick a bunch of masters like older people in a venue like all together in, a, in florida was i don't know maybe it's not such a great idea yeah well i mean i just saw this morning that i guess florida's got its first confirmed case on the oh, east coast okay. so yeah um we got to keep an eye on on those sort of things um definitely disappointing that uh Everybody who forked out all that money to go to the Arnold didn't really get a chance to do the whole experience with the expo. Right, um, right. But I don't know. I hope everybody's okay. Uh, it seems like it kind of shut down because um, there were the two bronze level events, the Rogue Invitationals that were happening at the Arnold. So right. there was the American Open Series and then there was this small international meet. Oh, I see. Um, yeah. So it really cut down the men's. I think there were only four men in that session. It was Kane Wilkes who put up a, I think a two twenty five clean and jerk, um, and then uh, a couple other guys from Austria. And, uh, okay. But yeah, so not a whole lot happened in that session. Um, but just as we started recording, it just ended the uh, Rogue Invitational, so the bronze level event um, for the women just wrapped up, and that had a lot of really really great lifting in it. Um, we had uh, Jenny Arthur, Maddie Rogers, Sarah Robles, Mary Lappin, uh, let's see, Maddie Sasser, all kinds of really good lifting there. Uh, basically, this is the last chance for people to jockey for that uh, Pan Am positioning. Uh, it's the what Olympic they call it? Proof, spots. Proof of fitness, and then the Olympic spots. Yeah. yeah. So the exciting news coming out of this uh, is that. According to uh, one JP Nicoletta narrating uh, yeah. or you know commentating on this, uh, he said that with Maddie's performance here, she did successfully weigh in at 87, which means that with the total she made, and this being the second meet that she weighed in at 87, it's now essentially locked in that she will be uh, headed to the Olympics. Yeah, even though uh, Jenny out outlifted her. Yes, so uh, despite Jenny Arthur, let's see. So Maddie Rogers at this meet totaled uh, 236, and Jenny Arthur told 247. So despite having the lead in the total, Maddie has more competitions. Right. Uh, and thus her Roby points are just a little bit higher. Um, so, I mean, those are the rules. I think... Uh, Jenny's in great shape, took a crack at uh, 143, 143 for the American yeah. record, but made 140, which was the best. So I think, uh, well, I'm excited to see what she does at Pan Am's. Like, I, I, it's, like yeah. you're disappointed because, like, you want the person with the biggest total to go. Right, yeah. But also, 
part of it is that you have to do those meets and yeah. accumulate those points. Well, you know so what I like mean? I know looking at that that scoreboard, Jenny is the best eighty-seven. Um, unfortunately, and fortunately for Maddie Rogers, she gets to the to the Olympic spot because she has more Roby points, and that's how we're dividing up who goes to competitions now. So they and used Roby to be a little different. Aren't just fixed to that one yeah, weight class. Yeah, so exactly. She earned her Roby points in a different class in yeah. the 71s. It's just like CJ Cummings. You know, he earned a bunch of Roby points um, leading up to this Olympics through junior nationals, junior, you know, world championships, and uh, all the other world championships that he was participating in, and, and all the other things leading up to it. Even as a junior, He's still vying for these Olympic spots because he has all those Roby points that are that are going toward it. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a tremendous lifter at the junior level, um, and you're doing well enough to do well in senior competitions as well, you've basically got double Roby points because yeah. you've got worlds and junior worlds. And um, yeah, so he, I think it's safe to say that he's a shoe in. We'll have to now that this is kind of done. I mean, we'll have to see what happens at Pan Ams, but we can kind of start trying to get a list together. Let's see if we can project out who who Ella is uh, yeah. definitely going. Um, one of the things that I was super super impressed with was um, a friend of Consuelo's, um, Mary Lappin. Um, she really pushed Sarah Robles in the clean and jerk today. Yeah, she really did. It was super super exciting to watch. Um, so Sarah, well, so Mary opens at one forty eight. Sarah opens at one fifty. Um. They jockey around a little bit. They use up all their changes. Sarah comes out for 155. Mary comes out for 156. Sarah comes out for 160. Misses. Mary comes out for 163. And is 2 to 1 called for a press out yeah. on the 163, which I'm pretty. I'm 99. I'm not going to look it up now, but I'm pretty sure that would have broken the American yeah. Clean and Jerk. And. That was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, so, it was really uh, close. She's definitely an up and coming, like she's gonna as soon as her snatch numbers like meet anywhere close to those clean and jerk numbers, it's gonna be really awesome to see what she can do and to see if you know. Um, I think that it's safe to say that after this Olympics, there's only gonna be one super to watch, and that's gonna be Mary Lappin. I think. Oh wow! Like, yeah, that, I'd like, probably, she, like, she's, she's, I probably like she's. Definitely on the way up. Really, really strong performance there. So that was really fun to watch. Um, I'm sure it's going to be on the USAW cash. Um, yeah. Was, it's kind of fun watching these mixed sessions. It's nice to see like all the different weight classes all kind of competing together. This one ranged from 64 all the way to super heavyweight. Um, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Me. Yeah, I was wondering if like if anybody knew that if these are archived on YouTube because they're easier to watch on YouTube than USA's weightlifting website is terrible. Like it's it's very I mean, bad. Yeah. Um, it's real hard to navigate. Um, a lot of stuff is kind of like I don't know. I just it feels disorganized to me. Um, it's it's organized, but in a way that nobody understands. Right. Yeah, there um, you go. There no, you go. I'm not sure that it's going to be on. It, this one might end up on YouTube, but I I know for sure that all of the Every AO series session live stream is archived on the site. Okay. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Cats are meowing. Um, why are you mad? Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, so check it out on the USAW site or maybe type it into YouTube. Uh, yeah. Rogue Invitational Women's. Um, yeah, that, but yeah it was definitely a really good session to watch. I'm excited for Pan Ams. Everybody looks like they're in great shape. 
Um, I think Sasser solidified her spot. Everybody's kind of locked in. So it's going to be a really good time uh, watching everybody get ready for that as long as all international travel is not permanently shut down. Right, yeah, right, yeah. So, yeah, I'm still... so, so I'm retracting my, uh, it's probably nothing, and I'm upgrading that to uh, just wash your hands. Just, yeah, just and stay home if you're sick, for goodness sakes, people. Yeah, that's, we already did a whole show about this, but stay home if you're sick. Uh, <laughs> so so that was kind of the, the our, our little recap of the, the exciting stuff happening at the Arnold there. Um, but let's see, so we've got um, Masters Nationals coming up. Masters Nationals uh, is coming up in April, yep. And it looks like uh, well, we've got three for sure and maybe a fourth headed out there. Um, looking forward to you guys going down to Orlando and kind of knocking that stuff out. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I was kind of concerned about if Masters Nationals is still going to go on because like, it seems that the, the virus that's going around is affecting older people more fatally than younger people, if, if at all, immediately young. But uh, having a bunch of, of the older population in a convention center or a hotel building with international travelers and other you know travelers from around the states, I don't know if that's gonna be a good idea. Yeah, it might it might be canceled or it might just be complicated. Like I know that they were having at the Arnold, everybody had to fill out a I don't have coronavirus sheet to like verify oh. their health and well how would they know if they had it or not well yeah and they're not it's, medical it's mainly professionals that i'm not like, coughing or and yeah. i don't feel sick but i know that they were having to fill out some some paperwork for that i'm not really sure um yeah it's gonna be kind of interesting yeah uh, it's not an extinction level event but it's definitely something worth worth watching um but yeah so how uh so we were both kind of doing a little bit of deload this week. Um, everybody at the gym is kind of gearing up towards a uh, meet that's coming up the week before Masters Nationals, so on the 11th of April. So as we're kind of getting into uh, this this heavy phase of training now, um, it's really good to see uh, some of the technique improvements starting to show up. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite. Uh, things is is when you start finally letting them kind of hit the gas a little bit because you know you can see that things are looking sharper and you can see that you know positions are getting a little bit better or they're moving a little bit faster but you never really know if it's taking hold until you get outside of 85 percent right because like let's be real i mean 80 percent should be a weight that you'd never miss Right, like eighty percent should be a pretty easy lift to do. Yeah, you can probably double or triple eighty percent. Like your technique should be sound enough that you know that's a pretty consistent level. Right. But once you really creep outside of that eighty-five percent range, you get to see if some of the you know positions that you were having people work on and that sort of stuff really start to stick. Right. And um, it kind of gives, as a coach, it's nice to have that moment where it's like, oh, okay, this worked. <laughs> this yeah. is definitely working. Um, so that's been uh, my my highlight of the week okay. is just seeing uh, in the first really heavy part of the training cycle, seeing all of those little things that I've been having people work on kind of start to start to click a little bit. Right. Um, so that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, what was let's see let's do weekly highlights. What was your what was your highlight of the week? My highlight of the week. Uh, it was watching 
some of the lifters attempt their double or yeah like they're above the knee hangs like their doubles for almost near max lifts like a lot of them were hitting 90 percent and some of them 95 percent of of their lifts and they were doing it for a double from that hang position so i thought that was real impressive um, a lot of them were were getting some uh really solid lifts in as far as like squats go too like some of them were getting pretty heavy pretty close to hitting prs and like getting to that range of like oh they're going to start breaking past some barriers um so like those were the highlights for me like and and there was a couple people that stand out to me but uh but there was quite a bit of progression across the board so i thought it was like a really good week for for the the whole team in general but like for me the highlights were like watching some of the doubles um some people snatched doubles that were 90 percent or a little bit better and then some people were cleaning um they're they're almost 90 percent for doubles and stuff like that in the hang position which was good it was good yeah definitely a good week of training there um so just a little uh little segue we're gonna do uh we'll do we'll do a little self-advertisement but if you are listening and you're in the Albuquerque area please always feel free to drop in uh <laughs> Everybody's always allowed to come by, um, check the gym out, have a conversation with us. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll we'll try putting this right in the middle here. Uh, but if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and give it a rating. Uh, ratings and reviews are really helpful for making sure that people find this podcast. So if you think there's something valuable there, tell a friend or share it or write that review. That would be really great. Yeah. Um, but we yeah, would so appreciate what, it. What uh. Let's see. What's what esoteric stuff have you been up to this week? What's esoteric? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, what would you what would you define as esoteric? Oh, I I just mean like what 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 kooky things have you been thinking about or kooky things? Doing any uh, interesting self, meditations? Self reflection. Um, so I was reading. I'm reading this book. It's called Stillness uh, by Ryan Holiday, and he brings up this idea that uh, you have to believe in something right and so i look i know there's a lot of like theories and ideas and religions and a lot of different things that people think and believe but um for like specific things if you don't believe in anything the world seems kind of meaningless and cold like if you don't have any kind of belief of something bigger than yourself um like a bigger picture type type of mentality so nihilism is like probably the least healthy way of thinking about our our existence and i like the, in the book that's how he explains it and 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 so i was kind of mulling over the those thoughts like i i i'm not particularly religious myself and i don't like hold on to a lot of specific religious ideals or beliefs but I think to me the idea that that something out there exists that's greater than us whether it's like uh, a designer that just left it to its own devices left the universe to its own devices or or maybe we're part of a collective consciousness or something like that but um i think that thinking along those lines of like where do we fit in the bigger picture like how do we fit in with, with each other because like if there's no if there's no repercussions for anything, then why, how do we decide what's good in life? What do we decide? How do we decide what a good life is, and how do we determine like, you know, what is good to us and to to everybody else? Like, how do we how do we fit in what we what we do every day with how 
we live a good life or what we determine a good life to be for ourselves. So like how I was wondering like how you how you think about it like so for me I I just try to do the things that are going to help me be a better person, be a better father, be a better friend, be a better, you know, athlete, be just be better in general so that I can be better towards other people. Like I'm taking care of myself and I can help take care of others because I I feel like, you know, I'm I'm at a place to do that. And I know there's always imperfections in our own behavior and our own character and things like that. But um, I think that for me, living a good life just means just trying to do the least amount of harm to other people as possible, do the least amount of harm to the environment as possible and, and kind of like live my life in a way that's un unobstructive to others and others ability to live theirs. So like if you're doing your thing, that's fine. Go ahead. You're not hurting anybody else. I don't care how you dress. I don't care who you love. I don't care what you do. You know, just as long as you're not infringing on anybody else's consciousness or experience in a negative way. And negative can be subjective too, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to be a sense of harm or fear or anger. You don't want to be like that source of energy for other people. Like, that, and that's what, like I said, like, that's where my ideas of good tend to kind of fall. Yeah, and I think I think uh, you know how how your actions affect other people is a really good uh, kind of moral framework. Um, recognizing that everybody probably feels the same way about certain things that you do. So if you know you don't like being disrespected for no reason at the grocery store, you know you shouldn't. You know, if, so if you don't want somebody talking poorly to you at work, why would you hassle somebody that's at the checkout that's going a little bit too slowly? Right. But you know, I think uh, I, I land on a slightly different page where. I feel like the, you know, necessity for there to be a um, prime mover or, uh, you know, the, 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 the mover's mover. So the, right. the first thing that happened, um, whether that's, you know, uh, some sort of supernatural thing or if you want to call it, you know, the, the cyclical Big Bang stuff, whatever you want to say. But, you know, I think that knowing... Or like believing that there is a you know external realm, um, I think I'm not really sure that that's absolutely necessary, because there are so many things that you can ground your search for um, you know stillness or contentment or just like living the good life that doesn't really require any sort of metaphysical explanation. So you know to to want to you know, quiet yourself or, you know, find a way to, you know, be happy with what you have and kind of, you know, start moving in this direction of, because I think my favorite part of philosophy is the part that deals with how do you live a good life. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's, and that's why, you know, the philosophy of the Stoics and the Buddhists are particularly interesting because it's, it's, it's a very, it requires no extras and it's just kind of like, these are the things that we think will, will make your life better and if you look at a lot of those it's you know not trying to force yourself to control things that you can't control and right. it's treating other people well um and you know not being quick to anger and not being violent or aggressive and i think that these sort of things can be pretty effectively grounded in a pure reflective way of like well do i want someone to do that to me right, right it's like yeah. that kind of like basic golden rule thing right yeah and i think that when you add um 
I think anything else about the origin of consciousness or our species or how we ended up here is just a and added right. on. It's don't treat people poorly and God created the universe. Sure. But I but I think that it's an extra. I right. think it's, a, it's it's going an extra step further than you need to. And to me, you know, I mean, I think that you have to believe in something greater than yourself. I think that's an interesting way to put it. Um, I think that, you know, in, in the realm that I kind of think of is that's why things like sport or learning a new skill or, you know, trying to, to master or kind of figure out deeper things about what it is like to be you. Um, I think that, you know, believing in something greater than yourself is, could just be a quest for self overcoming being the best you that you can yeah. or figuring out what it's actually like to be you. And I think that you kind of have these, uh, you know, you can give yourself these trials and then you've got some sort of measure of progress and some sort of self overcoming and some sort of evolution of self that kind of doesn't necessarily require there to be any ends, right. um, any particular goals there. And I think that um, what you end up with is a lot of times if you let your belief systems become too rigid, you don't often see the ways that they're preventing that self-overcoming. So like if you're trying to be really strictly in one domain or, you know, going as far as to start believing things like maybe you can manifest things in the world with your consciousness. Yeah. And, you know, like you're kind of taking these extra steps. It I, I, I kind of look at it as like that might be sort of just kind of missing the like base level day to day yeah you know because i think that you know if you're if you're shifting attention away from where you are now and what you're trying to do and you know having these sort of things like goals and aspirations or um you know people you care about and you're but you're always distracted by the thought of what comes next you're not really there yet yeah. You know, you're always kind of one step away from whatever situation you're in or you're looking forward to something that's not what you're doing now rather than uh, like. So I, I think that, you know, there's a, I don't want to call it like nihilism's like a got a got a is a loaded phrase. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because so so the way that I think about nihilism is that it's. Nihilism is a reaction and you can have different reactions. And I, and as we've talked about before, I think like absurdism is my, is my favorite, but I think that the hard part about nihilism is that you can't necessarily refute a lot of it where like, okay, well we know that to us, this table looks solid, right? This right. looks like a solid piece of furniture, right? I can touch this, I can move it. But we know that on the atomic level, none of it, nobody's ever touched anything. There's a space between the atoms. This table isn't solid. It's more space than it is... The yeah. atom is more yeah. empty space than it is particle, right? Right. right? So this table is more open than it seems to us. And I think that, you know, when you think of... It's like, okay, well, you're just a cluster of atoms, right? 
Sure. And that's somehow kind of like steering this place. And when you kind of take a look around and you say, okay, well, we're one of trillions of stars in an infinite universe or near infinite and it's expanding still. And at a certain point, all the stars are going to burn out. And no matter what, if there's life on another planet or if there's just life on this planet or if it's all connected or not, everything is going to burn out. No matter what happens to humanity, the earth will be swallowed by the sun. Okay. So like, I, I feel like, so, so these are the kind of like, you know, living in the scientific age and, you know, kind of having access to this information that, you know, physicists and astronomers and stuff have kind of left us is, okay, well, when faced with these facts that I know that I'm made of tons of little tiny cells that have or little organelles that encode DNA strands to make certain proteins that make me have curly hair instead of straight hair. And like, you look at like, okay, well, there's no choice in there. Right. Like if my thoughts are my brain and then they're just firing, then where you're stuck is one reaction to that is to say, well, then nothing means anything. This is so pointless. Right. Why am I going to work today when the sun's going to swallow the <laughs> earth and everybody's going to die? Right. You know? So like, I think that, nihilism is a reaction to having the facts presented to you interesting right yeah it's like but it's a pessimistic reaction it's the the what was it called the un uh the unpleasant truth or something like that and and here's what the reality is the reality is that everything ends right and that's the the overlying theme of everything that goes on in our universe that everything has an endpoint, and maybe that's what should be the driver of what we do with ourselves, right? Just knowing that our time is short, like the, what we what we have is finite, and to spend it doing things that we don't want to do or doing things that that aren't bringing us like satisfaction or contentment, those things aren't worth our time. And so I think for me, like the idea of stoicism and stillness and being content and things like that and living, living your life in a good way stems from the idea that everything ends. It's short. So why not try to do the best you can with it as often as possible? And then, like I said, I'm not perfect and people aren't perfect. They don't do things that, um, you know, always line up with what they say or sometimes they, they don't always do what they want to or, or you know, they get put in situations where they don't make the right choices. And that's, you know, we have laws and systems and things like that that kind of correct that. But I think on a daily basis, the way that you live your life, like the things that you spend your time on and things that you think about and what you do, they're all in a way contributing to your, the way you're existing. Exactly. And so like, your existence, your individual existence comes down to what you want to do with it. And that's the beautiful part is that you get to choose. You get to choose what you want to do with it. And if if you know that your time is short, and I think that's why sometimes people meditate on this idea of um, uh, memento mori, like remember you will die. Remember that your time is short, that, that, that you're not going to be here forever. So try to do things that help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, what you, you know, want to do with your time, with your life. You know, if, if that's collecting, you know, anime figures or, or painting paintings or drawing drawings, like that's, that's what you choose to do with it. And I shouldn't, I don't think people should put a lampshade over what, how you're trying to shine just because 
they're not in a place where they feel they can do that or or like maybe they haven't arrived because like we were talking about this in the gym as well and this is another like interesting conversation that we had we were talking about leadership and character right the two aren't necessarily synonymous like just because you're a leader doesn't mean you have good character and people with good character aren't always the best leaders um and for a variety of reasons but like if you go back through history and you look at some of the great generals and some of the people that led our our armies and and our nation in times of of struggle and adversity um these people had a position of leadership but they also had great character and sometimes they had character flaws and they had things that they did that weren't always great either but um i think that um in an age where we're focused on having good leaders and having good leadership and having good global leadership good country leadership good local leadership um we don't necessarily attach the idea that a leader should have good character as well it shouldn't just be you're an, you're a leader because you're you're the tallest or they used to pick kings based on their height i mean <laughs> i mean just think about that like just the, the tallest dumbest guy in the room could be the king and and you know they have a bunch of other people that are probably more qualified yeah. for the job but like we think about the way that things are today and um, I think that people who are in a leadership position should have good character too. Like, is that too much to ask or of, of people that are in charge of things that affect the rest of other people's lives that they shouldn't, shouldn't they have good character too? Well, I mean, theoretically I would say, no, of course that seems like a pretty reasonable <laughs> thing to do. But then, you know, if you take, take that little step back, you're like, well, but practically, I don't know if we have a, a surplus of good character running around. Yeah. But, well. you know, so I think that, you know, but that idea of, you know, the the things that we consider to be good character uh, um, and things that qualify people for leadership is uh, one of those things that um, we can see wide swings in what was considered right. Right. So that's to me is kind of saying like, okay, well, if people said that it's true that tall people make the best leaders, you know, that that, you know, truth, quote unquote, has changed. Right. And that's where I think that, you know, to say that, um, you know, anything is absolute is to is to say that nothing will change. And I think if there's one thing that we know, like you said, it's that everything changes. Yeah. Everything will change. So what we consider to be virtue now might be considered vice in 600 years. That's, you know, so I think that, you know, and that's one of the things that can kind of lead people to that, you know, despair of like, okay, well, even the things I believe 5,000 years ago didn't even exist, you know, like, right. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, if I, if I'm, you know, a part of this order or philosophy, none of that was real for 99% 99% of our existence as homo sapiens on the planet. So like to say that we have any access to anything that's considered true, because even when you look at science, you know, we, it's, it's never settled. Right. Everybody's always researching. Right. They're right? always testing theories. They're always retesting theories and, you know, trying to poke holes in the things that we think we already know. Exactly. So if you're, and I think that that's where, that that nihilistic despair comes from is just like okay there's no consistency i recognize that this is historical and everything is contextual and there are different you know we have access to know about all these different cultures and all of them have radically different ideas of what moral like activity is with the exception of like don't kill anybody yeah but the question of 
who counts as anybody is really different between societies. So, like, if you're in, That's like, a warring true. tribe, it's like, oh, don't kill anybody, but but those aren't people. Those right. Are, those aren't the anybody we're talking about. We're right. talking about your family. We're talking your about tribe. our people. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you've got all of these different things and radically expanding and contracting notions of what go- what is good, what is evil, and those things are always in flow. Yeah. So I think it's wrong to say that, you know, there isn't... There are probably some better answers than others, but I don't think there are any right ones. And I think that the solution to that, you know, despair feeling for me is just being in awe of the fact that anything is happening at all. Yeah, that we exist <laughs> at all. That... So so taking away from, you know, so for me, I find that it's not, so like not having a answer on was there a prime mover or what is the nature of the universe sure. or, you know, a hard answer on what is the nature of consciousness, all of this stuff. For me, I'm fairly satisfied not having any of those things and just trying to enjoy the fact that this is somehow happening at all. Yeah. yeah it's no, mind blowing like, and extremely that, yeah. unlikely. So regardless of what it is that happened, you know, making it as enjoyable a ride yeah. as you get and not ruining anyone else's ride is a pretty good, you know, like that's enough for me. Yeah. And like, that's where I kind of get, um, you know, my sense of, you know, cause if there's no intrinsic meaning, I think that you can make your own, right? right? So you get the things that matter to you. And for me, the things that matter to me is, you know, I doing what I want through my day, you know, studying what, having a mind is like is really interesting because you know there's the the longer you go the more you kind of go oh that's interesting like there's like all these little layers and there's so much to pay attention to yeah and there's so much to learn and even if the facts are never settled like just wanting to understand as much as you can and you know enjoying whatever time you have here no matter how ridiculous it is that you actually are is you know to me i think the the other direction because you 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 arrive at you're presented with the same flat facts right everything's going to burn out you know nobody cares what happened five thousand years ago you have no idea who the original yeah. you know grandparents were you know all of these sort of things um and the fact that because of this we know this much about the structure of the universe there's no way that what one blob of organs and atoms and cells wandering around on this planet yeah. doesn't have any, doesn't matter to Alpha Centauri. Like, the universe doesn't care what you're doing. Yeah. But you care what you're doing. So, if you kind of take that step and you pivot from nothing means anything to everything is terrible, that's one option, but you can pivot from nothing means anything so everything means everything where it's okay so i'm here and i'm conscious and i'm living a life and i'm going to make that as enjoyable as possible and not like in a hedonistic way but in a you know like you know having connections with people yeah you know making a difference in a way that you feel like you can and it's not to say that everybody needs to change everything but just like you know making a difference can be just being a good friend to somebody yeah um, and I don't know. I think that that's, that's my pivot. Yeah. Is that I get it. No, nothing means anything. 
but that doesn't mean that your life is terrible and that doesn't mean that this is terrible right it's just that all of it's part of it you know so you're gonna have good times and you're gonna have bad times and i mean and then but eventually you're not gonna have either so so don't be too distraught with the bad times and that was a cool stoic meditation that i came across okay this week was uh like you were mentioning um like the last time meditation so oh. anytime that you're doing something could be the last time that you're doing that thing right yeah so the example i heard was you know so if you're mowing your lawn it's it's getting to be spring now so if you're if you're going to go out and mow your lawn and you like really don't like mowing your lawn but if you pretend it's the last time that you're ever going to mow your lawn you might find some sort of enjoyment in that right or yeah. you might you know kind of cherish some of those moments a little bit so like anytime you interact with a person that could be the last time you ever see that person right. and if you kind of switch your operating mode from just getting through replicating the same day over and over again right. which is the loop that i think a lot of us get stuck in um to shifting to a, this could be the last time that I ever order a cup of coffee. I'm going to really enjoy it. You know, right. Yeah. This is the last time I might ever see this person. I'm going to make sure that we're on good terms when we leave, you know, like, so anytime you say bye to your significant other, that could be the last time that you ever see them. Right. So I think operating, you know, in that net, in that mode, can kind of boost some of that gratitude feeling. Yeah, or, for you sure. Know, even for the mundane. Right. And I think that's kind of tied in with uh, the concept of premeditato malorum, which is the premeditation of evils. And not necessarily that evil things are going to happen, but that evil things or things that you don't want to happen will happen, regardless of whether you want them to or not. And so for the, you know, in that example that he's giving, like, you know, it could be the last time that you get in your car and drive somewhere. It could be the last time that you leave your house. It could be the last time that you get to do that thing that you you enjoy. So, like, enjoy it and, and treat other people like you're not going to see them ever again. Because what, I mean, the reality is that you might not. I mean, we go out into the world and we were talking about the coronavirus earlier and things like that. And how, you know, some people are affected by it in a fatal, you know, they're, they're affected by it in that way. And they lose their lives because of it. But like you venture out into the world and we don't know what's going to happen at any given time. So, you know, when we when we treat other people unkindly, we treat other people like, you know, they don't matter or we treat ourselves like we don't matter. We treat ourselves unkindly. You know, we're doing ourselves a disservice because what if it's the last time? You know, you don't get a second chance like if, if, if something happens to you. So maybe it's better to live in a way that's just in line with that and doing the things that you want to do and being good to other people and being, you know, the, the best person you can be for yourself as well. So that way, you know, you when you do venture out into the world, it's not in, in a negative way. It's not in that, that way that's causing other people harm or anything that you, you wouldn't want to bring on yourself either, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is something that I'm kind of curious about, but like, do you think a lot of people, like, I don't know, I think, I kind of think about the fact that I'm going to die every day, like, and it's not in like a, like, I'm not like brooding over it, Yeah, yeah. but like, it occurs to me at least a few times a day, and like, I don't know, like, do you think that there's an optimal level of reminding <laughs> yourself that you're mortal? Because, like, uh, I, I mean, because if you're never thinking about it, you can end up wasting a lot of time doing a lot of stuff that you don't actually, like, that if you, if you're like, okay, if I had finite time, if I could, like, map out my life, and then map onto that 
how many hours of Netflix I watched. Right. And I could organize it from the start. Would I say spend a total of like two years of your life watching TV? <laughs> like if you if you could like write out the plan of your life. Right, right. Would you budget out two years of time for, for TV? So like what what I, so that's kind of my right. question is like I, I think that if you're if you never think about it that way and you never you'll never kind of notice if you're wasting time or by the time right. you realize it, you'll be too late. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think there's an optimal number, but I think the, the constant reminder helps as a way of kind of pushing you towards achieving your, your wants and your desires and your goals. Right. So like, and, and sometimes like we can get caught up in, in those in a, in a negative way too. Right. By chasing certain things and and chasing like ideas about um, wealth and power and fame and those things, they they come to some people and then they're dissatisfied with it. They're they don't they don't enjoy having it. A lot of times they wish they could go back to the life they had before. And so to me, uh, I, I do think about about the fact that not not death necessarily like not how i'm gonna die although that does come across my mind sometimes as we're talking about different aspects of the world but uh it's more of just like am i doing what i want to with my time because it's not gonna last forever and then and the same idea of like everybody has the same 24 hours in a day some people are going to sleep more of it some people are going to be more active some people are going to be less active you know everybody chooses what to do with their time based on whatever it is going on in their lives. But for me, like the reminder, it's more of just like a constant, not like a thorn, but like this, this thing that rubs across the the consciousness of my awareness. That's like, Oh, I'm not going to be here forever. Maybe I should focus on some of this more, something more that matters. Or like sometimes I play video games and like, I'll, I'll get on you know, the Xbox and watch some Netflix too. But like, a lot of time I try to think about like, is there something else I could be doing with my time? Is there something else I'd rather be doing with my time? And if there isn't anything that I'd rather be doing with my time, then what I'm doing is fine. Like I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. I think that the, the peril people put themselves in is when, when you tell them that time is short, they take that as I need to work more. Right. Yeah. You know, And I yeah. think that that's the opposite of what we're saying. It's right. Like, yeah. No, time is short. So like, make sure that you're, 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 you don't have forever to live an examined right. life, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, so yeah. it's like if you're going to be living a reflective and introspective and, you know, trying to kind of improve the qualities of, you know, what what you have in this in this moment, you know, it's uh, it's not a work harder thing. Right. You know, it's yeah. not a like, oh, I got to make that billion dollars <laughs> so I better get out there and start working a third job yeah i'm gonna be the next jeff bezos and not pay any taxes either (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) but you know well the thing is just like yeah it's just more of like our time is short so make sure that you're doing the things that you want to do with your time like and and you know a lot of times people will criticize each other for their hobbies or it's like oh you you know, dress up as a furry and you go to anime conventions or, you know, you do, you do this weird thing or, and that's the thing is like, we're adding judgment values, um, to people's behavior. And it was like, but if they really enjoy it, who cares if they dress up like, like yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog and rub themselves on, you know, another person dressed up like Knuckles. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me. Like, Robert as long as Mundo, that was a terrible <laughs> 
<laughs> but like you know knuckles the echidna right yeah yeah see yep. <laughs> i i definitely got it but no but that's what i'm saying like it, who cares like if, if that's what brings them happiness they can go out there and do that and that's fine like it doesn't bother me but like just make sure you're doing what what you want with your with your time like and and so like when people are in the gym and here's how we're going to tie this into weightlifting like they're spending their time with with us right so uh, their time is valuable to me and i want to give them the best experience that they can have in the gym being good you know having good coaching being in a good training environment having you know good equipment and things like that so i want to provide them with the best and you know for me like that's something that i always kind of think about like how can i make this a better experience for the athletes how can i make this a better experience you know for for them from a coaching perspective and things like that so like that's a way that i work on self-improvement and and increasing my coaching skills and my awareness and things like that like and i think that i've grown a lot over the past two years as a coach but like it just didn't happen i had to put a conscious effort into saying like well how can i be better like this is causing a, a a problem like maybe it's my attitude that's causing it like how can i be better and so like for me it's that constant reflection of um am i doing what i need to to make the things that I want to happen happen. And so that's what that reminder serves as is like, am I doing the things that I want to do to make the things that I want to happen happen? And so that reminder serves as kind of like a kick in the butt sometimes to get up and do something. And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. I just, I can enjoy and relax in the moment and just enjoy it. Well, and that's one thing that I think, um, you know, anybody who coaches um, can, can kind of benefit from is that, you know, the, like really doing some self-reflection on, on, on how, like a lot of times you can ask an athlete at the end of the session, like, okay, how, how well did your session go today? And yeah. Like, oh, it was like an eight out of 10. I like, I felt kind of beat up. I stayed focused pretty well, but got a little distracted and sure. you know, maybe this wasn't quite spot on, but I think that's important for, you know, you to kind of rate your own, your own things no matter what. So like as a coach, you want to say when you get home at the end of a session, say, okay, what did I do well in that session? What did I do poorly? You know, it's like, okay, well, I kept people on track here. I feel like we made some good technique work here, but I got sleepy towards the end and wasn't yeah. really that present for like the last 30 minutes. So I need to work on, you know, trying to make sure that I, I stay in the moment and don't think about going home or, yeah. you know, don't let a... I think something that coaches will understand, but I think athletes need to understand too, is that sometimes like if a coach is trying to work with you and like make a technical adjustment <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's not quite, um, working out a lot of times you'll get kind of, you can kind of see cues that that coach is kind of frustrated, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, but I think that it's important and what I want anybody who's an athlete with a coach that sometimes gets frustrated is that for me personally, I'm just frustrated with myself that I can't explain it in the right way. I, I understand that you for sure. I mean? Yeah, so no, I exactly what you mean. it's important to know that like, you know, so when I reflect on things, it's like, okay, well, did I let my frustration at my inability to communicate come across as frustration with the athlete? Yeah. And it's, and I think that, you know, so those are the sort of things that, you know, if you're reflecting on that, you can do that with any relationship you have. That's like, did true, I let my bad day at work 
come off on my spouse right. as being distant or right. like did I let something that happened six hours ago stay in my head to the point that I didn't get to enjoy dinner right. or you know that I took something away from myself and I think that those are the areas that reflection is really helpful for um, and remembering that time is short so it's kind of a if you let that frustration stay with you for two days instead of just saying something about it when it first happens you just wasted two days in a negative headspace. Yeah. You know, you just wasted your time being angry when you could have just said something to that person and realized you were just talking about different things. Right. You know, there's, I think so much comes down to misunderstanding and we misunderstand ourselves because you're just like, ah, I'm mad and you don't know why. Right. And if you're, and if you don't kind of take a step back and kind of figure out like, okay, well what set me off and what can I do and how do I register that earlier so that I'm, noticing anger versus being anger yeah and i think that those sort of things you know are lessons that weightlifting can kind of help with because you have to be self-reflective of what felt right was i too charged up was my energy too high yeah was i getting frustrated and then getting sloppy you know you can recognize all of those little emotional battles those mini battles that are within lifting kind of help sharpen your skills for when you come across something that has nothing to do with an external object, but is maybe another person. Yeah, or a job of course. Thing. So like building those resiliency skills and those re self-reflection skills of like, okay, well, what went right with my session today? What went wrong? Where do I know that I am doing, like, I just don't warm up as well as I should. And I know it. And every time you finish, you're like, man, I just know that I could have done better if yeah. I had done something else. Yeah. And then taking, and without reflecting, you never take the step. Right. So I think just kind of trying to keep it honest as you can, because I don't think anybody can honestly rate themselves, um, but trying to keep as honest an opinion of yourself and kind of making sure that your actions are coming from the place that you want them to come from, the place that wants to improve your connections with other people and sure. to like, you know, make your corner of whatever it is that you're doing the best one that you can be occupying. Yeah. Well, it's just like that, you know, I guess think globally, but act locally, you know, you want to have a, an idea of, you know, what you want to put out into the world, but just do it on a normal everyday basis. Like you want to save the planet, save your neighborhood, save, save your own, you know, your own community. But like, uh, yeah. So it's just like, I think for, for weightlifting it's it's kind of one of those reflective sports you have to kind of think about it but not while you're doing it it's more of like in between and after and maybe sometimes before but like it really does tie into letting things go it's like you can't be if you miss a snatch you can't be real mad for the next snatch it's not going to go well you're going to be tense you're going to be over maybe over aggressive in one part it's just like you know you, you have to approach the lift like it's a new lift just like every day is a new day it's like if you messed up yesterday you can't carry a, all that stuff into the new the new day like you can't drag all this stuff behind you because it's just going to set you up for for a hard time and so like when we when we're in the gym and you know kind of wanting to ingrain in athletes like if you miss that's it happens don't mull on it like think about why you missed maybe learn from it hopefully learn from it but if anything, just let it go. Move on to the next one. Because there is going to be a next one. There's going to be one after. And another after that. So just focus on your next lift. Like, focus on the lift that you're about to take. So, like, I think that kind of ties into, like, meditation, reflection, and things like that, too. Because, like, it helps you kind of filter out those things. It's just like, why am I upset about this? Like, why did I 
act that way? Why did I do this thing? Or why did I say this thing? And so you can be reflective about your actions and your, your behavior, and it helps you improve in the future but like beating yourself up and the way that people talk to themselves is really important too like how you how you talk to yourself like treat yourself with kindness folks like you're people are terrible yeah themselves. like you should really be like your own advocate like you should be in your own corner if you're messing up and, and you think you're a failure like you should probably reevaluate you're not a total failure you're winning just not in a great way you know so you need to readjust some of the things that you're doing maybe or the way that you're thinking about stuff but like when when people yeah talk to themselves especially like in the gym like i always wonder what people are thinking about sometimes like i'll i'll look at them and they'll just be sitting there and kind of i know they're mulling something over but i don't want to interrupt that process but sometimes i wonder like what are they thinking about like are they thinking about weightlifting are they thinking about you know if they left the the light on in the car or you know is the door unlocked at home or is the, did i leave the oven on preheat like like what kind of things do things do people think about in between their lifts or are they thinking about lifting so like to me that's always a, an interesting kind oh, yeah. of perspective I mean, that well, I, I can have. tell you from 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 my end I, I try to remain in like that zone of this is what I want to try to be doing yeah but every now and then the bar gets to the knee and you're wondering how long <laughs> it'll take you to cook spaghetti and like you're like like the the pure random onslaught of thought is so interesting to me where She's like, why am I thinking about this? Like, what? Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Right. And I think that, you know, like lifting is a perfect example of where having, being able to kind of reduce some of the chatter in between your sets yeah. is really helpful because I don't know, I think, I think we've all been there, but, um, you know, I, I'll just have random things playing out in my head and just out of nowhere and at inappropriate times. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, okay, you're trying to do a jerk, jerk dip and drive. Don't remember, like, what year this album came out. You know, like, right, why are you yeah. thinking about the song right now? And that's where I think, I don't know, I think uh, it's, that's one of the things that I'm so curious about is, like, just just the fact that you can have, you can do a behavior that is inexplicable to you. Right. Where when you look back on it, you're like, why did I do that? Why was why did I think that was even close to a good idea? And the fact that that is possible is just as mind blowing as the fact that we're here. Yeah. Because like, it how how is it that you can reflect and have and feel like that that person that was you twenty four hours ago was just just so far detached from where you are now. Like, it's that power of regret where you're just like, what was I thinking? Right, yeah. Well, I mean, you were there, right? Yeah, you, know? you were there. Was, I mean, you were, you were part of it. So so it, I think that that's really curious that, you know, whatever it is that the brain is doing can lead you into thinking and doing contradictory things at the same time. Yeah. Like, that's just wild. <laughs> the brain is a fascinating thing. I think we're going to conclude with that, though. Um, so, yeah, it's just a... A little bit of self-reflection and tiny bit about weightlifting, but more about some philosophical aspects that we've probably been mulling over for the past week. And uh, we hope that you've gotten something out of it. And if you have any questions, you can always email us at asaweightlifting at gmail.com. Not about advertising, though. Don't I don't I don't <laughs> care about like any of that stuff. So don't send us any advertising emails. Uh, but uh, Instagram at Albuquerque Strength Academy. 
And, uh, yeah, we'll be happy to answer any questions you guys got. But until next time, do you have anything to add, Grayson? No, guys. Have a good one. And, uh, yeah, stay focused. All right, y'all. Happy lifting. <laughs>